welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 257 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we are going to finish the book of Mark. There is a teaching video from the Bible Project that will be linked in the show notes. Be sure to watch it. Also, there's all kinds of stuff happening around me. It's been a crazy day. And as you know, part of what I'm doing is the goal of the Preacher Chick is to build faith and family or build community around faith and family. And well, today I'm recording at home and there are feet walking above me and dishes being done and clothes in the washer. And um, it's it's one of those days. And the whole reason I don't hide it or try to cover it up. 99% of the time is because this is real life and we can't neglect feeding ourselves spiritually because of family. We have to figure out a way to work around um, those things and um, give time to ourselves to do this. So here we go. We're going to read Mark chapter 15 and 16 today and then we will also read Psalm 102. So let's get to it. As soon as it was morning, having held a meeting with the elders, scribes, and the whole Sanhedrin, the chief priests tied Jesus up, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. Pilate questioned him again, Aren't you going to answer? Look how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still did not answer, and so Pilate was amazed. At the festival, Pilate used to release for the people a prisoner from whom they requested. There was one named Barabbas who was in prison with rebels who was who had committed murder during the rebellion. The crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do for them, as was his custom. Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release the king of the Jews for you? For he knew it was because of envy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he would release Barabbas to them instead. Pilate asked them again, Then what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? Again they shouted, Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Why? What has he done wrong? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the palace, that is the governor's residence, and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on him. They began, and like, you know, I think, I think I've said this before, but um, just in case, when we're talking a crown of thorns, it's not like they found some rose bushes and twisted the stems with some sharp but small um, crown, uh, thorns on it. No, these were like thorns that grew on a tree kind of a thing. And actually, I've seen pictures. These thorns are like inches long, um, horrifically thick and pointy and sharp. And they put together a crown and they didn't just lay it on his head. They pushed it down onto his head so it would have pushed through the skin of his head to his skull. I mean, this is not anything minor. This is a big deal. Then they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. They were hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him. Getting down on their knees, they were playing him homage. They were paying him homage. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple robe and put his clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. They forced a man coming in from the country who was passing by to carry Jesus' cross. 
He was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge written against him was the king of the Jews. They crucified him with two criminals, um, one on his right and one on his left. Here, okay, so if you listened, I've already linked this a few days ago. If you listened back during the week before Easter, you know that I did um, readings from the Passion Week. So this this week, these kinds of readings. And I shared a lot of commentary and things then. So, um, you know, highly recommend. I think it started on day 100 and went through 107. So Palm Sunday through um, Resurrection Sunday. But like all of this stuff, um, is just awful. <laughs> um, how they did this, I mean, really thinking about it, if they crucified him at nine in the morning, that means his trial, everything was under the cover of night. So wrong, so um, opposed to anything that would have been, you know, like quote unquote legal and um, just evil. Evil is what all this is. And I recognize that it had to happen. And um, because it happened, we have the freedom that we do today, but it's still just, man, it, it, it's, it's awful. Like it, we need to understand just how awful this was so that we can grasp the sacrifice that's been made. You know what I mean? Um, those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, ha, the one who could destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, or the one who would restore the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and scribes were mocking him among themselves, saying, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at least, or and at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, see, he's calling out for Elijah. I mean, I guess not everybody that would have been there um, at that time would have spoken Okay, it's widely believed and received that Jesus probably spoke, um, yes, some Greek and Hebrew, but mainly Aramaic because of where he was from. Um, so maybe not everybody spoke Aramaic, and I don't know if that's Hebrew, Eloi, Eloi, Laban, Sabachthani. I don't know if that's Aramaic, if it's Hebrew, if it's Greek. I have gone to some Bible school stuff, but I have not taken um, those types of courses, so I'm not really sure. Um, but um, anyway... It just blows my mind. Like, why would they think that he's calling for Elijah? You know, um, Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, and I love this, truly this man was the son of God. There were also women watching from a distance among them, mother of James, um, Mary Magdalene, sorry, among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joses and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up to, with him to Jerusalem. 
when it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a, pro a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. When he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he, brought some, after he bought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Then he laid him in a tomb, cut out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance for the tomb of the, to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be afraid. You were, um, I'm sorry, don't, they were alarmed. <laughs> don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. They went out and ran from the tomb because, because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. They said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. Now, if you're looking at a Bible, um, what you're going to find here is something along the lines of this is where the earliest manuscript ends. Some of the earliest manuscripts will, in, will uh, finish with this verse. Um, so, and the teaching video from the Bible Project goes into this a little bit, but um, the rest of these verses um, were added most likely later. Not like post-canon, but added to the manuscript a little later. Um, early on the first day of the week after he had risen, he appeared to first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven, driven seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. Yet when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe it. After this, he appeared in a different form to two of them walking on their way into the country. And when they went and reported to the rest who did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who saw him after he had risen. Then he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. If they, could, if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. So the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the accompanying signs. So there you go. Um, many, like I said, many people believe that Mark completely, um, or completed his manuscript with verse 8, and that these verses were added later by someone other than him, but um, it's not like there's a lot to question here. Pretty much everything we read in these verses, we read in the other gospels. So it's not like it's, um, far-fetched, you know? So anyway, that's the book of Mark. And now for Psalm 102.
Lord, hear my prayer. Let my cry for help come before you. Do not hide your face from me in my day of trouble. Listen closely to me. Answer me quickly when I call. For my days vanish like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is suffering, withered like grass. I even forget to eat my food. Because of the sound of my groaning, my flesh sticks to my bones. I'm like an eagle owl, like a little owl among the ruins. I stay awake. I am like sol a solitary bird on a roof. My enemies taunt me all day long. They ridicule and use my name as a curse. I eat ashes like bread and mingle my drinks with tears because of your indignation and wrath, for you have picked me up and thrown me aside. My days are like a lengthening shadow, and I wither away like grass. But you, Lord, are enthroned forever. Your fame endures to all generations. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come for your servants' sake, or for your servants take delight in its stones and favor its dust. Then the nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory, for the Lord will rebuild Zion. He will appear in his glory. He will pay attention to the prayer of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. This will be written for a later generation, and a people who have not yet been created will praise the Lord. He looked down from his holy heights. The Lord gazed out from heaven to earth to hear a prisoner's groaning to set free those condemned to die, so that they might declare the name of the Lord in Zion and, pray, and his praise in Jerusalem, when peoples and kingdoms are assembled to serve the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. I say, my God, do not take me in the middle of my life. Your years continue through all generations. Long ago you established the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. All of them will wear out like clothing. You will change them like a garment, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your servants will never end. And your servants' children will dwell securely, and their offspring will be established before you. That's it for today, and that's it for the book of Mark. So come back tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together every day this year. See you then.